Hey everyone, this is Josh from the Solopreneur Grind podcast for episode number 73. I'm here with Riley Meek, founder of socialdynamicselling.com. Riley, really appreciate you coming on the show today. Hey Josh, happy to be here, man. This is going to be fun. Awesome. It always is, Riley. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing a lot about your background and, and kind of what, what you're working on right now. For those who may not have heard about you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what the focus is right now? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So, um, yeah, I grew up in, you know, small town, South Dakota. Um, and when I say small town, I mean, small town, we're talking like less than a, a thousand people, man. Oh, wow. Um, my, yeah, my, my graduating class was the largest in, you know, years, and it was 45 kids. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, it was a, a great, great environment to grow up in. I mean, I, I, I love that aspect of it. But as you can, you know, probably guess, there, there's not a whole lot of opportunity uh, in, in a town like that. My, my first job, actually, I was, I was 15 and I thought, you know, I should get a job. It wasn't really because my parents asked me to, but I thought, you know, I'm fully capable of earning money and heck 15, dude, I wanted a cool car, right. Mm -hmm. As everybody would. So, um, so I took my first job at, a, at our local gas station and, uh, it was for minimum wage at the time. This would have been what, 2000 and one maybe 2002 um and i was you know 15 sophomore in high school and that summer i thought i'd, I'd get a job and minimum wage was five dollars and 15 cents and um i i worked one shift it was an eight hour shift and i did the math in my head at the end of that and i quit i was like <laughs> there's there's no way i'm doing that again uh it, what the real reason was it wasn't because it was like hard work or anything like that but when I did the math in my head, what really ticked me off was not that, you know, they put that value on my time, $5 and 15 cents, but really what ticked me off was that I allowed them to put that value on my time. And mm -hmm. that really was what kind of, you know, started my journey of entrepreneurship. And I I'd completely dove into just th that whole lifestyle of, of personal development and um, I actually, uh, my family was big involved with the, the network marketing company called Herbalife, which is still a, you know, a billion dollar company today. And um, I, I would travel up to the Twin Cities, which is where I reside now, you know, five hours once a month um, and attend these, you know, week, these weekend meetings. They call them like STS, success training. I forget what it's even called, but, but mm -hmm. I, I dove into it. I like drink the Kool-Aid, like no other. And uh, it was a wonderful experience because I was I was surrounded myself with like-minded people or like-mindsetted people, of just that there there's more that's out there and you know it wasn't just the small town you know community that I lived in but I could you know expand my vision and and I started to read as many books and and uh, you know reach out to different mentors and coaches and uh, the day I graduated high school, if we fast forward a couple of years, literally the day I graduated high school, my bags were packed and I drove back up to, to Minneapolis, uh, mainly because I, I was kind of the, the largest big city, you know, near, near my hometown, but I had some family up here, so I had some connections. Um, and I started, I just continually, you know, was growing that business. Uh, but I was, I planned on going to college. I, um, you know, I, I went to college for two years. I got my associate's degree in, in exercise science, mm -hmm. um, which sounds really important, but that just means I was like PE class. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but that, that's really what I dug. I loved fitness and, and, and uh, nutrition. Um, but during this time, uh, my intent was actually to go on to become a chiropractor. I thought, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's an aspect of every chiropractor you know, it's not like a normal doctorate degree where you get a doctorate and you immediately have a business like surgeries or, you know, whatever 
um, uh, facet you're going to go down as a doctor, uh, you usually can go into a hospital or a setting and have an immediate income. But a chiropractor was like, dude, you get out of school, you've got $150,000, $200,000 in student debt, and then you still have to build the business on mm-hmm. top of it, right? They're, I mean, they're hustle- the good ones are, are hustlers, they're marketers. And I liked that aspect of it. But what I didn't like was going into debt for one hundred fifty dollars or $200,000. So I was like, the heck with that, man. Um, my business was rolling. I came up with this this kind of uh, unique marketing campaign um, in which I was doing these these little ads and the, these papers and my phone was ringing off the hook. And I was retailing like over 10 grand, between 10 and 15 grand a month in these nutritional supplements, like little, you know, pills, vitamins, protein shakes, things like that. So, you know, at the age of 19, I'm, you know, making six figures. I thought I was really something and bought my first BMW. And I thought, man, this is it. This is, this is the ticket. This is what I'm going to do. And, and the, the challenge that I realized, uh, being that, you know, kind of solo entrepreneur was everything that I was doing was based upon my own efforts. Right. I didn't really have, I had a great system that involved 100% of my own efforts in, in that whole world of, of network marketing or multi-level there, the, the kind of the, the, you know, what they promote a lot is to be able to earn 1% of a hundred people's efforts, not hundred percent of your own efforts. And, and that was what I really loved and bought into, but I realized that what I would, what I had done, what I had built was solely based upon my own efforts and it wasn't a duplicatable system, so to say. And I, I had the opportunity with this company to actually um, uh, open up operations in Mexico. Uh, again, fast forward a couple years, uh, and I—it's I, a different company, not Herbalife, um, but it was another nutritional supplement. And I would have been 23, 24 at the time, and I—I I ended up I was, uh, I was married, had a daughter on the way. Uh, my wife was pregnant. We had a condo here in Minneapolis. And I came across this opportunity and I thought, you know what, if I'm going to really build something here that that's going to last, I need it. I need to be able to rely on other people's efforts, not my own. And I moved to Mexico for, for five months. We got a condo down there. I'd actually leased out my condo here in the States and pretty much invested everything that I had into this opportunity down there. And we were, we were at it, man. It was awesome. We were, I was living in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, like right, you know, beautiful on the beach. It was, it was great. I would work hard during the day, have a, few cervezas at night and life was good. Um, but about five months into this, dude, the Mexican government completely shut us down. Hmm. I don't think enough, you know, palms were being greased at the time. <laughs> and so they shut us down and said, get out of here. And um, before I knew it, I was on a flight back to the States here. Uh, and not only what I, did I pretty much invest everything that I had. So not only was I broke, kind of coming back with the tail between my legs, but I had the realization that I had rented out my condo. So not only was I broke, I was also essentially homeless at the time so my wife pregnant wife again and i were literally sleeping on my sister's couch and wondering like what the heck are we gonna do now and it was a unique time in my life again i was 24 years of age uh and it was like all right what's next and i I just kept looking at i knew i full full well knew i could go get a job but i certainly didn't want to but it wasn't it wasn't anything that was like you know i'm gonna provide for my family no matter what it takes if i had to go wait tables or, you know, whatever I, I would have, I would have done it, but I knew I was called to, to more than that. And I was just seeking like, what's the next thing. And of all places, man, um, I came across this ad on Craigslist hmm. and, uh, it said, it literally said, so I'm, this is like literally weeks and weeks of me just searching, like praying, seeking out, like, what am I going to do here? And this ad, it literally just said work three days a week and make 10,000 bucks. And I thought, yeah, right. But 
I, ha I had to inquire upon it, right? Just like the, mm -hmm. the entrepreneurship spirit, the inquisitive nature within me. I was like, what is this all about? And I, I got on the phone with this gentleman and it didn't really hit me what he was talking about, but he started to introduce to me this new concept of selling to groups of people versus just one-on-one -on -one. because everything that I had done from you know, the nutritional sales to, man, at this time I had sold numerous things from insurance to siding and windows and business value, a number of different things that I had sold, but it was always one-on-one. -on -one. And, and as much as I love that idea of being that independent contractor, uh, you know, quote unquote, earning what you're worth, you know, I never really, I never really bought into the fact that your income was uncapped because there was really only a certain amount of time in the day. Right. I can only do it, you know, if my presentation was one hour, two hour, three hours, however long it's going to be, I could only do so many presentations in a day before I'm emotionally exhausted. And I just, you know, I, I needed to rest at times. And, and certainly you could sell higher ticket items, you know, that, that could earn you a, a larger commission, maybe be a manager, build a sales force to earn a sales force to earn royalties or overrides. Um, which I liked that, but there was still, I, I realized that it wasn't truly like your earning is uncapped. There's, there's definitely a limit that you're going to hit even just being an independent contractor. And when I went out and met with this gentleman, he actually invited me down to one of his events that he was hold, hosting. And he said, just come on down, check it out, man, and, and see what you think. And I walked out or I walked into this restaurant and he was in like the private room in the back of the restaurant. And I walked into this room and he had between 20 and 25 people sitting there facing forward listening to him present on his products that he was selling at the time and and then you know after he presented he fed them dinner and at the end he simply asked for an appointment and out of, out of those 20 25 people seven people actually gave him an appointment to meet with him the very next day to talk about price and and to ultimately allow him to actually close the sale and it completely rocked my world, man, because this is, again, it, it, he did one rock star presentation, right? And it wasn't even rock star. It was just, he did a presentation mm -hmm. and he got seven appointments. And I was like, holy cats, like if he can do this in an hour and a half, you know, it was less than two hours that he accomplished this. It was like, dude, I'll do, I'll do a presentation every single day. Cause he was mm -hmm. only meeting with those that truly cared about what he wasn't, he was no longer trying to convince them. He did a presentation to a group and then it, the next step was to talk about price and allow him to actually close the sale. So it completely rocked my world. And I, I left that um, meeting just with, I, I couldn't, I had a couple hour drive on the way home and my mind just kept turning and turning and turning. I was like, okay, what could I sell through this format? And I actually took a couple of his ideas and, and added a few of my own. And within a few months I had started, I set up my own event. I thought I can do this. I can figure it out. And, um, I had at this time, dude, I had 673 bucks in my bank account. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I had a credit card and I had a, a hope and an idea and a, a vision that this could work because I needed it to work. It wasn't an option for me to not be able to provide for my family. And, and I could see the power of doing this. And so this would have been in July of 2011, I hosted my very, very first event and made a few sales out of it. And then I reinvested that money and made a few more sales and reinvested that money and made a few more sales. And by the end of that year in 2011, man, we did uh, 2.1 million in sales through this format of selling to groups of people, one to many versus one-on-one. -on -one. And then from there, I realized what I had was working. So I was like, well, let me, let me recruit, let me hire some sales reps. And by the end of 2012, I had 26 crews going in 38 states throughout the country. We did 12 million 
that year we did another 12 million and then it was like okay what else could we sell because i realized the system was what worked the product was pretty much irrelevant on what we were, were selling and so i i started a couple different companies different products that i added in in every single one of them now leading up to this it's been you know a, almost a decade now i've started seven different companies um, in different industries, in every single one of them, man, we've taken to seven and even a couple of them to eight figures within the very, very first year, solely selling one to many mm -hmm. to, to groups of people versus just one on one. Long very intro, cool. man, but I hope that hope I hit the topic. <laughs> Long intro and, and, and it was a good one. And there, there's a lot I definitely want to dig into. Um, first, Riley, I'm, I'm curious, what do you think led to your initial success with that company that you kind of joined through your parents because you started doing really well at a very young age. And, and one of the first things that pops into my head is, you know, did that all just kind of come naturally? What were you doing to kind of teach yourself or, or were they providing you resources? Did all this stuff come naturally to you? Yeah, great question, man, because, you know, growing up in South Dakota, you know, my dad delivered mail rural route, extremely hard worker, but he never made more than 40 grand a year doing that like it wasn't he was a you know independent contractor kind of owned his own business but um it wasn't like he was well off by any mm -hmm. means um and my folks got divorced when i was five um so i kind of bounced back and forth between them my mom had had remarried uh to a, a gentleman um who he was an engineer um and he was you know for a period of time successful i guess if we're talking like financially um so i, I got to learn kind of different paths in in I got to learn what I wanted and certainly what I didn't want. Um, but as far as like the, the drive, the entrepreneurship, man, I think really, you know, I'm a big fan of, of Tony Robbins and, and he's all about modeling success and, and finding somebody that's already done it. And, and, you know, even if it's not like a one-on-one -on -one mentorship, but just modeling, what did they do? You know, what did, mm -hmm. what did they do that wasn't successful and don't model that of course, but what did they do? And can I model that? And that's literally what I did when, when I found the this gentleman doing the seminar format. It was like, okay, if it works for him, I, I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. And it certainly wasn't easy along the way by any means. I, I wasted tens of thousands of thousands of dollars figuring it out. Um, but through that process, you know, I'm a firm believer that there's there's never really failure. There's only feedback. And I took mm -hmm. what I, you know, what I quote unquote failed at, took that feedback and was able to adjust and, and you know, perfect this system, which I really do believe now we've perfected this system of selling to groups of people. Got it. And I, I do want to get a little bit more into that. But first, again, just super curious about about the story. Um, when he invited you out to that event, was what was he trying to sell you? Like, w was he trying yeah. to sell you what he was selling to everybody else? Or was he kind of like, hey, come watch and learn how I sell stuff. Yeah, he was trying to hire me to, to they were they were looking to expand into this this Minnesota area. Uh -huh. um, since they had an ad on Craigslist work three days a week, make 10,000 um, bucks. So it was it was like, you know, trying to hire me to, to sell for them. Um, but, you know, the, again, the entrepreneur within me was like, well, I, I if he can, you know, he wasn't very good at it. I, I felt like I could do a better job, not like arrogantly, but it was just I, I just felt like I could. And again, I, I took some of his ideas, but then added some of my own that I thought was a, a need because I think the biggest thing was having a product that I, I mentioned the product is really irrelevant, but you do need to solve some sort of problem, right? Identifying mm -hmm. what a need is that's out there for any entrepreneur. It's like, 
you can have the greatest product in the world, but if it's if it's not like I I you know fixing a problem or resolving an issue that somebody's dealing with, you're going to have a tough time selling it. So finding what that problem is and then being able to craft a story to get people to take action um, what was really, you know, what I think we've, what I did during that time. And again, with any product out of the seven different companies now that we've started, that's really where it, it started from. It wasn't that I had a passion for any of those products or anything, um, which, I, which I think is a, a I, I totally understand when people say you really got to believe in your product and, and have a passion for it. I had zero passion for any of the products that, that we sold, but what I had a passion for was providing for my family and, you know, assuming it was a good product that, that could certainly solve somebody's, you know, needs, um, and help them, then I can get behind that. You know, I certainly not, you know, selling something that's, you know, slimy or gross, you know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not never what I would do, but again, it was more, my passion was being able to provide the lifestyle for my family. Uh, and that's why we've been able to do this across numerous different industries. Awesome. And you, you were talking earlier about um, how you, you did have pretty good levels of success selling multiple different services, right? You said kind of windows, siding, you know, uh, the nu nutrients uh, or supplements. What do you think it was that, that led to that success even at such a young age? Or, or maybe another way of approaching this question is, for a lot of those people out there who struggle with sales, who are not great with sales, what would you recommend, uh, even for like beginners or you know however you want to call it, uh, what would you recommend to them? Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing, no matter what business you're in, as a solo entrepreneur, if it's just you, I think you need to identify where your strengths and your weaknesses are. Um, and if it's possible to delegate some of those things, fantastic, but starting out, oftentimes money's tight and you don't have the ability. You're, you're like, you're the bookkeeper, you're the marketer, you're the sales guy, you're the fulfillment, you're everything. So within every aspect of that though, I think there's one key thing that anybody should learn, whether you're in business or you're a, a mailman. Like I think what, it, whether, I mean, if you're in a relationship of any sort and we're all in any, some sort of relationship is to learn how to communicate effectively. And specifically what I've become a master of is, is neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, um, which is really how to be able to communicate effectively to get people to take action. Uh, and because it, what I mean by that is like, you know, we're all in sales, no matter what business you think you're in, you are in sales. If you think that you are, um, you know, a, a tech service provider, like you're the IT guy, no, you are in sales. If you're, I mean, if you're the, a housewife, if you're a, just a homemaker, you are in sales. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is like every single day I am selling my wife on why she shouldn't leave me. Right. <laughs> and, and that's just like, I'm selling my daughter. I have an eight year old daughter. Now it's like, I'm selling her on why she needs to do her chores or why she needs mm -hmm. to go to bed on time. And whether you think that's, you know, sell at, at the core of what sell means. If you look at the, the Norwegian, like, uh, uh, core of it, it means to serve. And if you're able to, to serve people effectively, communicate effectively in, in, you know, a lot of people in the, in the NLP world, if they've, if they know anything about it, a lot of people kind of have a jaded field for it, where it's like this dark kind of manipulative way to get people to do something they wouldn't want to do. And that flat out is, is not true because you're never going to get somebody to do something they don't want to do 
what you're able to do if, if you can learn this, these techniques through NLP. And again, it's, it's more so speaking to the subconscious to get people to just really have the realization of how your product or your service or how I, I can serve my wife is, you know, to benefit her. It's not anything manipulative or, uh, you know, that, that dark kind of black hypnosis thing that I think a lot of people have, have that kind of skewed, um, view of it if they've you know googled it or anything along those lines but at the core of it is really just to be able to communicate effectively to persuade people to do something that they already want to do it's just the, the the reality is most people don't make decisions they're they're procrastinators by nature and to get them to to make that decision um allows them to you know do the things that they that's going to benefit them and again that comes back to having a product or a service that is actually going to help and serve them uh for you know to better their situation absolutely yeah no it's it's a great quite uh, great answer and i think tony robbins is big on nlp as well right absolutely uh, he's the, yeah. he's he's i mean he does it in groups of twelve thousand, fourteen thousand people in a stadium it's unreal mm -hmm. what that guy does i oh, I, yeah. I just geek out watching him do his thing man <laughs> awesome uh, so Riley, I, I want to kind of go back to the point in the story where you see this man give the presentation, you see the potential of the, the one-to-many type sales. You say, you know what, I think I can do this. I think I can do it better. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about what it was maybe for the first like three to six months that you actually did like on the ground to get that first business up and running? Because I, I feel like one of the areas where we sometimes gloss over, you know, we look at the Tony Robbins and all these big success stories. And it's easy to see where they are now. But what I love to know about is like, what was the nitty gritty, the first few steps, the first few months, like going through the grind like for you? Yeah, man, absolutely. I'll tell you, it was one of the most amazing times in my life. Uh, and, and if, it, it, you know, your listeners are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs. I think the biggest thing, and, and this is why, what I've, I've had the realization uh, you know, with what's happened over the last decade in my life is it, it's always about as an entrepreneur, th this really hits home for me is it's always about like the thrill of the hunt. Like it's that it's, it's not even about achieving it. It's, it's like being able to do it. It's like, I, I think back when I was single, like the being able to like date a girl, if you go out to a bar or something, it's like, it's not even about like closing the deal. It's just like the thrill of the hunt that, you know, you could still do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, yeah, I, I, I still got it. And that's why I've done this with seven different companies, man. So mm -hmm. starting on early out, it was like, what do we, how do we do? Okay. I, I modeled to what I knew this gentleman was doing, but it, it really came out, came down to, okay, how do I, who's my true client? Okay. What was my product or my service? And who is my true client avatar? Who is going to buy this stuff? Right. And that's what we had to figure out. And this is what I didn't do well at. in the first time I just thought, heck, I'll just send some postcards to some random homeowners in the area. They're all going to come out and it's going to be great. I got terrible response rates with that. So over the, you know, early on, it was like, okay, what do we do? Thankfully, I, I was able to fail my way through a few, you know, sales to continue to fund my, my operation um, because I didn't have any money. I had a credit card. It was like, I was hoping to get through this. Um, but as we, as I, I learned, I mean, I'm a true marketer at the core where I'm always a B testing different things from our, our messaging on our invitation. We do a ton of direct mail still to this day. Hmm. Um, majority of our events, not always the case, but the majority of our events are filled through direct mail. Hmm. Um, and so crafting, identifying who that true client is, how do I create an invitation that's going to get them to take action? 
Um, how do I, uh, you know, have phone scripts? How do I get them to RSVP and to actually show up? Because out of, you know, those that RSVP, something, sometimes things come up or they forget about it to that, you know, how do I negotiate pricings with the restaurant? How do I set up the room to be most effective for them to listen and interact? Do I, what time do I have dinner? Uh, what time do I have dessert or do I have dessert? When do I ask for the appointment? You know, how do I create sense of urgency? All of that was like stuff that I had to learn through the process. So when I, when I say zero to 2.1 million, it was, I didn't make 2.1 million. I, I, you know, it was, I, I spent just as much that first year trying to figure this out, but thankfully I was able, able to make a few sales and not go blow that money on a cool car or whatever. I continually invested that into my company to, because in the beginning it was just me. It was like, I'm just going to continually pour into this thing and figure this thing out. And, you know, once I did six months into it, it was like, all right, I feel like I've perfected this now because it was me solely going out making these sales every week. And then I started to recruit and train. I had guys on the road with me selling, uh, again, then modeling me. Um, and then that allowed me to, you know, ha have a few trainers then that was able to do that and allow us to duplicate that through the year, which allowed me to step back in my business to work on it versus continually in it. And that's what really allowed us to scale in the beginning. So it was, it was, it's trial by trial and error when you're starting mm -hmm. out, like, unless you've got a, a true mentor that's been there, done that, you know, you're kind of the, as an entrepreneur, you are the trailblazer. We are the people that are, make this, you know, make the world go round, in my opinion, is providing new opportunities, unique products, situations, services that serve so many people. And, and that's why I love entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, especially just starting out that have a vision, because if, if, as long as you have a vision, you're going to go big, big places is, you know, but it starts with that, having that idea and then applying that, applying different techniques and strategies to that idea to take your business from that solo entrepreneur to, you know, as big as you want it to be. Right. And, and it's pretty incredible too, when you can then look back and say, look at what we've built from nothing, right? Which is, yeah, which is pretty unique to entrepreneurship. So Riley, for, for those who are at the beginning, maybe they don't even have an idea. I, I'm curious, number one, to know what was the first thing you decided to start selling? And then sure. how did you go about picking the other ones, right? Because it can be especially difficult considering you say, right, in some cases, the product actually isn't that important. So how did you go about picking the ones to focus on? Yeah. So starting out, I'll, I'll tell you that the, the very, very first product that I started, uh, this gentleman was basically selling insulation into homes, hmm. right, residentially. And so I was like, all right, we, I could figure that out. I got a brother who could install this stuff. Like, you know, it was like I, putting the pieces together. So we added additional products to that um, like led lighting, you know, which immediately lowers your energy usage, uh, weather stripping, uh, window tinting, things like that too. It, because then at the time it's like, okay, every, what's the problem that's out there? Everybody had high utility bills and everybody wants a lower utility bill. So it was like, who wouldn't want this unless somebody is already off the grid, right? Who's already gone completely solar or whatever it is. So it's like, mm -hmm. who wouldn't want this? So I, I could reach the masses. Um, it, it was just looking for homeowners essentially. And we crafted that invitation on come learn how to save money on your utility bills, blah, blah, blah. They could come on out. We do, we did simple demonstrations. Um, and, and dude, like the, the funny thing of this, you'd mentioned like the, the, you know, the pictures hanging on my walls behind me, that looks great. The beautiful thing is that 
I, I didn't hang those dude because I literally can't. I'm, I'm the least mechanical person on the face of this earth. Thank God my wife can hang pictures mm-hmm. uh, because she's the one that does it in this house. So it's funny that I was the guy selling like home insulation and LED lighting. It's like, I, I'm the type of guy that I just want to walk in the room and flip the switch and the light needs to come on. I don't mm-hmm. need to figure out how DC turned to AC and all that junk. It's like, I just want it to work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's really what we've developed with this sales process. So it was identifying to really answer your question. It was like identifying the need that's out there. And then could I create a message that could attract the masses? Right. And then from there, uh, a few other products that we've, we've sold through this format was, um, it, you know, the aging in place arena became, it is still to this day. It's like over, over 10,000 people are turning the age of 65 every single day. Hmm. So I've, I'm reading these statistics and I'm, I'm hearing this stuff on the news. It's like, okay, well, what could I provide? Is there a product that, that could keep people in their homes longer? Uh, you know, because, uh, nursing homes, assisted living facilities are outrageously expensive and people for the most part want to stay in their homes. So we started to provide barrier free showers, walk-in bathtubs, stair lifts, ramps to go in and out of homes. And we would host events to teach people how to age in place, how to stay in your home for as long as you can. And we crushed it. Our, so that was like the second you know, product that we started to offer. And we added these you know, different stair lifts and, and ramps as I learned more and more about the industry. Um, so it, again, zero passion for any of that. Like plumbing, I, dude, I don't, again, I turn the faucet on. If it doesn't work, I'm calling somebody because I don't know anything about it. But I do know how people make buying decisions and, 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 and taking them on an emotional journey to make that decision. And then the rest, I was able to, you know, f- hire out, contract out to handle the fulfillment side of things. Um, and since then, man, we've, we've worked in, obviously, the, the financial space. My financial advisors do a lot of dinner seminars, um, selling annuities and insurance products, um, the medical industry, uh, whether it's like cosmetic or, or dentistry, uh, great. I mean, at the end of the day, the ideal product for this format needs to be a decent ticket item. Okay. And what mm-hmm. the reason why is because it's to host an event, okay. Doing direct mail or Facebook ads and online funnel to then buying somebody a, a steak dinner, chicken dinner, whatever it is, it takes some money to put those on. Right. So you need to have a product. If you're selling a $48 widget, I'll be the first one to tell you that this probably isn't the right format for you. Okay. We're not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you are selling a $48 widget that then can turn that client into a $500 customer, and then that takes them into a done for you customer. And the lifetime value of that customer is 10,000 bucks for you. Amazing. This could be a great format for you, but if you're a one and done low ticket item, you're better off probably building an online funnel versus mm-hmm. doing what And I, I kind of equate. What we do is an offline funnel We're we're constantly, we're starting with, here's our big audience. Uh, I can craft an invitation, get a response. I can take those calls and and RSVP, make sure they actually show up to my event. I can do my presentation, ask for the appointment. And by the end of it, I've sent 5,000 direct mail pieces. And by the end of it, I have eight people that want what I have to offer. That's all, that's all I care about is having that funnel. This is just kind of an offline version that I've, you know, consider it as versus just like an online funnel that, that we hear a lot about. Um, So again, the the product is really, like I said, it's, it's irrelevant, but ideally you have a a decent enough ticket item or profit margin to be able to make this, uh, have an actual return on investment. Um, Otherwise, you know, 
you're going to be spinning your wheels and, and frustrated if you're if you're not because our whole goal we, we we take clients on now we we onboard new clients and teach them this system and our whole goal is always we start out with identifying your client acquisition cost the lifetime value of your customer and can we put a campaign in place to give you at least a 300 percent return on investment if not we would probably suggest not going this route and looking at some of our other forms of marketing. Got it. It makes, makes a lot of sense. And there's, there's a few interesting takeaways from that. Even just that one answer, Riley, one of them being, like you said, the product doesn't really matter and it doesn't have to be anything sexy, right? Like the things you're mentioning, I mean, uh, insurance and, and showers and stuff like that. Like, you know, a, a lot of people, especially these days, we think, you know, fancy tech startup, new gadget, software, blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of people that have made a lot of money selling very, you know, basic things as long as they're actually solving a problem. And as I started thinking about it more, it's actually never been easier to, you know, form partnerships with a a contractor or a freelance, you know, you can go online and find someone to do freelance anything right now, Fiverr, Upwork, et cetera, et cetera. So it's never been, never been a better time to, to implement a system like that. Uh, Riley, I do want to spend some time, of course, talking about social dynamic selling, like the process itself. Uh, Obviously, if somebody wants kind of the full picture, uh, they should definitely check out the website, socialdynamicselling.com. We have a a link to it in the description. Uh, But could you give us maybe like an overview or or kind of the basics that we could kind of, you know, wet our lips with? Yeah, man, absolutely. So when I, how this all came about, um, about five years ago, uh, I again, we, we had started multiple companies. Um, things were great financially. I, we just built a house like we life was good, right? But I as much as financially everything was good, I still had this feeling of unfulfillment, right? And as I mentioned, I had zero passion for any of the things we were selling. I, I remember this clear as day. I had returned home from a, a sales week. Um, it was a Wednesday night. And we do a lot of times we do events like Monday, Tuesdays, and I'm closing deals Tuesday, Wednesday. So I'm literally working like three days a week doing this as far as active sales. That's most of our guys, our sales guys are working three, three and a half days a week, making over 200 grand selling our products and services. That's, that's the companies that I, that I own right now. Um, and, and I, I was like, this, this is great, but this sucks. This is like not something I want to continue to do. Mm-hmm. And I thought back to, I, I, it was late Wednesday night. I was at home. My wife and daughter were already asleep. And I just sat down on my kitchen table and I, I was just thinking like, what's like, what's next? What's out there? You know? And, and I thought back to the early days of when I was first starting out as an entrepreneur and the, or just a sales rep in general, independent contractor, like when I was selling siding and windows or even those nutritional supplements, how I had to like figure out how to, you know, get people to, to call me or lead generation and the sales process. And I thought back just to really the, that feast and famine lifestyle of where's my next lead coming from? Do I have to continually call on friends and family or where's my sale coming from? And the stress of, of dealing with that when, when that's, you know, if that's your sole income, it's like, how are you going to pay for your business expenses, let alone your household expenses and provide for your family? And I thought, man, there are so many businesses out there, entrepreneurs that have a passion for a product or service that they already have, right? Like they, there's, they, they're out there, they've got to be, but they don't have a way to generate leads or, or, or sales. Like there, there's so many people that have, are brilliant, that have a great idea, a great service, but if nobody knows about it, they are not doing anybody any 
service or any justice, right? Mm -hmm. And as much as the, the movie says, if you build it, they will come. I'm telling you, that is not true. If yeah. you build it, they do not freaking come. You have to have a system in place to put people in front of you to be able to speak to and ultimately make a buying decision. And that decision could be no, right? But at least you allowed them to make that decision. And so I just started to write that day. And as I kind of went through of like, how do I find my true client avatar? How do I design a marketing piece? How do we deliver our presentation? I laid out everything that we do from a campaign standpoint, which is now, it's actually in, in a book that I wrote. Um, it's called Food for Thought. Um, how to use dinner seminar marketing to, to grow your business in ways you never thought possible. And I laid that out in this book and I thought, man, could, could that be the product? Is that our next product? Rather than me constantly grasping at something to sell, could I teach people how to do this for their own products and services? And that was the night of the birth of social dynamic selling. And, and since then now I've, I've stepped back, granted, I, I still have a couple of my own companies that were, we still sell through this format every single week. In fact, this week uh, coming up here, we've got my guys, I think we've got between 30 and 35 events this week happening throughout the country for my own companies, but we've got more than double that for my clients. Uh, and so what we've done is, is uh, we teach people how to identify that true client avatar, craft a marketing piece. We fill the rooms for people. Um, and then we can help them with their presentation. We can even help train and hire sales reps for them if need be, if scaling is something they're looking for. Um, but then just, we, we teach people everything from the marketing standpoint to the sales standpoint, because I, I don't really believe marketing and sales are, are completely separate. I think one has to speak for the other. And if there is any disconnect with that, that's where, you know, the sales team is mad at the marketing team or the marketing team is mad at the sales team. There needs to be continuity throughout the whole process. And that's why we take on everything um, from that. And so I, I laid that out with this book to teach people how to do their own events. Um, and then obviously uh, we, we can, you know, engage with somebody on a higher level if they, if they wanted us to help kind of run those type of campaigns for themselves. Got it. Very cool. And could you maybe give us like two or three pointers? Like, let's say there's, there's a Riley Meek out there listening and he's like, you know what? I really love this idea, right? The, the dinner kind of sales to, to many people. Are there like two or three tips you could give someone that's like, you know what, but before I check out the website, I, I just want to run one by myself. Like what are mm -hmm. two or three pieces of advice you'd give to them other than to check out your website, of course? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you can, you, you can go do all of this by yourself and you can figure it out by yourself just like I did. Right. Uh, but what, what the reason I put this book together and, and we have a digital course that teaches you, it's literally me on, on, you know, video teaching you every step of the process. Um, and it's really just to allow you to speed up, you know, you can stop, don't waste the million dollars that I did. Uh, I would have loved to have that in my pocket, you know, as I was failing through this. Um, so we did, we put this together really just to speed that up. But at the very least on our, on our website, because again, I remember I wouldn't have been able at, at, with 673 bucks in my bank account, I wouldn't have been able to hire myself. Mm -hmm. when I was at that time. And I, I realized that. And that's why I put together this book for that, that person that is just starting out. Um, and online as well, on our website, socialdynamicselling.com, there's a blueprint that you can download on there. And it's six key components to put together your actual marketing campaign. So it's it literally, it's a blueprint. It's not like instructional step-by-step, step, but it's it's what component you need to focus on at each step of the process 
that they can download and that'll help walk them through it. And then this book is also, uh, dude, if they, I, I'll tell you, even for your listeners right now, um, if they direct, if they shoot me a, a, a on, on the website, rileymeek.com, if they shoot me a message and just say solo, uh, you know, the, the solopreneur grind that they heard it on here, I'm happy to give it an, a PDF electronic version of this book for completely free. Oh, wow. um, I'll give that to them. If they want a hard copy, it's, it's available on Amazon. I don't even know what they charge for it, but I'm happy to provide an electronic version um, to those starting out because that that's really what my goal is right now. And financially, we've we've done well, but we're we're looking to help those that really have that vision and that idea uh, because I know what that's like as a young hustler, and you know, not even young, just as a hustler. If you're if you're in it right now, there's nothing more fun, and I just like I I I love that time in my life, and I just I you know enjoy the time that you're in right now, even if it is stressful with COVID and all everything that's going on. You're gonna look back at one point in time and go, wasn't that a fun ride? And, mm -hmm. and I, I want to be, I want to be the catalyst for that. So I would be happy to give that electronic version to any of your listeners, man, if awesome. they just shoot me a, a message uh, and just mention that they, they heard it from this show. Awesome. We, we really appreciate that, Riley. And, and I do want to ask one last question. You know, we are, it, it's, uh, it's June 14th, the date of this recording, we are in the midst of COVID and, and obviously you're dealing with a sales process that involves meeting with people in person. So I, I have to ask, um, yeah. you know, not necessarily how that's affected kind of your business because, you know. Oh, it, it has. I'm, 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 I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure it has. I, I think what I'm more interested in learning about is kind of how you're pivoting and, and, or, or are you adjusting that sales process at all due to due to COVID and, and kind of the effects it's had on everybody? Yeah, man. We we so I'll be completely transparent with you. March 13th, Friday, the 13th is when we started to hear these kind of rumors of what's going on here. I was in Arizona. Um, I was actually in Denver. I flew back to Minnesota here. Um, and then on Saturday morning, we flew to Arizona, my wife and, and some friends, we were there, we were just taking a, a week of vacation, um, which ended up being zero vacation for me, dude, because Monday, the what the 16th, that would have been, um, that was complete chaos for us, dude. We had 107 events that week that completely shut down. Uh, we're over $300,000 in marketing that I had out in, in to fill these events. So it was like the money was paid for. It was gone. I wasn't getting it back. It was now what am I going to do with these leads that have called in? They RSVP'd. They wanted to come to the event. But what are we going to do here? So thankfully, we were in Arizona and there was a pool that my wife got to sit at all week long because I was like focused, head down in this room, building out our online webinars and taking everything for all of our clients and putting it online which is something that we've been wanting to do. It's just, we didn't really take the time to do it until we freaking had to. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, within a couple of days, we had built out an entire platform of getting everything online, our RSVP system, everything that we were able to register, watch live webinars, recorded webinars. And we were still able to capitalize on, on some of those leads. Now, live events are 100% and always will be, in my opinion, going to be higher converter converters than an online event right because there's just so much more involved there's the personal touch that just that that connection right which i think right now so many people are missing oh, and yeah. this now is the fourth week actually this past week was the fourth week so tomorrow will be the beginning of our fifth week of where, where we're back at it live so we were we were off for two whole months solely doing webinar events which again we can do that we can fill that for all of our clients but if possible we always would prefer 
live events just because of a higher conversion rate. And um, we're, we're back at it now. We've slowly been rolling out each state. Every state's different with their you know, restrictions on rules and capacities and things like that. But we, the, we've been monitoring that closely, not only for us, but for all of our clients and how to roll that out, man. And I'll tell you what, we are, we're crushing it right now. I, I feel like those people that are sick of being cooped up in the home, live events, whether it's like for events of selling like this or group events, like, you know, the Tony Robbins events or different masterminds. I think now more than ever over this next year, I think those are going to be complete gangbusters because people miss that personal connection. There's something special about sitting down, breaking bread with somebody. Mm -hmm. And I think just it's, it's going to be right now is, is the perfect time to capitalize on hosting live events. Uh, versus just kind of the new world that we're living in just webinars, which again, mm -hmm. that's all going to work. It's continue. It will work. Absolutely will. But I, be, I truly believe these live events are going to be better than ever moving forward. Right. And you can't beat the free dinner, right? It, it would too many Uber exactly. fees to, to send it to all your uh, webinar attendees. Absolutely. Uh, Riley, I got one, one more question. They keep popping into my head because we, yeah. we've been talking about all these interesting topics. Can you give one or two tips to direct mail? Because I... Yeah. I have read a lot about it. I mean, I'm, I'm a big uh, learner when it comes to marketing and, and I do love funnels and all that kind of stuff. I don't really have any experience with direct mail, uh, but I do know the potential, especially because of the you know history of success that it has had for you and many others. Mm -hmm. uh, any like give one or two piece of advice for someone, you know, interested in it, maybe looking to try it for the first time? Yeah, most definitely. So when you're dealing with direct mail, I mean, there's hundreds of mail houses out there that can put ink on paper and deliver it to the post office. Um, I've used a majority of them and I can, I can kind of pinpoint which ones are the best of which I would, would recommend. Uh, but when you're looking at your audience, there's obviously the, the cheapest thing to ever do would just be like a postcard, um, every door direct mail, right? Where it's, there's no personalization to it. Just everybody in that neighborhood is going to be getting that invitation and if they take action great if not but traditionally that's going to be a much lower response versus if you are actually going to buy a specific list and this this comes down to know who your client is right and, and if you're starting out and you don't know who that is you can still take an educated guess right and what i mean by that is like what do you what is the, what product are you selling okay and who who do you think is going to buy that like is it uh you know, women who are six, two to six, four in height, blonde hair, blue eye, you know, whatever it is, that product mm -hmm. is you could, that, that data is out there. Like to buy that list, that specific list, narrow in on who that true client avatar is. And then you, we can buy that data and then personalize an invitation like Mr. And Mrs. Johnson, you know, well, you know, you're invited to this live event to learn how to blah, blah, blah. Uh, so personalizing direct mail, you're going to get a much better response, but I think the biggest thing is track everything. And if you're doing online funnels, man, you're, you know, you better, you, you know, your metrics, you're, you're tracking that and direct mail is not any different. And it's, in fact, it's, it's easier in my opinion, because I love it because it's so easily measurable and it's not really based upon impressions. Like, you know, an online funnel where you're constantly, it's like Facebook, you're retargeting, you're retargeting, you're retargeting. You certainly could do that format of, of you know, continually sending direct mail pieces, which a lot of companies do 
Bed Bath & Beyond, you get the same freaking 15% off coupon every other week. Like, it's like, okay, I'll wait till the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, cause that's just what they're doing, right? And they're just, they're in the saturation business or you got that billboard where you're driving by it and you know, it gets 300,000 impressions every single day, but nobody ever takes action on it. You need to call a direct, a very, very direct call to action on that invitation because most people are checking their mail over their garbage can, right? And you, you need to set yourself apart from that normal piece of junk mail. Okay, so mm-hmm. we don't use postcards for the most part, right? We're talking like a, a, a personalized wedding style envelope that looks nice, like really freaking nice. And they're gonna open this thing up and look at it. And I have a direct call to action on that. And that's why I, I love it because if I send 5,000 pieces and I get 50 RSVPs, I that's a 1% response rate. I'm pretty happy with that from a direct mail standpoint. And out of those 50 people, depending upon what my product is, if I can get 45 of them to show up to my event and I can get 20 of them to give me an appointment and I can close 40 or 40% of those or whatever that number it is, I, I know that's where my funnel falls into play. And at any point, if I'm measuring properly, if, if, if any of those numbers are off, I know where I need to adjust maybe during my presentation or when I did my confirmation call or my closing technique, mm-hmm. all of that should be an equal funnel continually flowing down to that, you know, set sales that you have for, for that given campaign. Awesome. Really cool. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to look, uh, look a little bit more into it. Riley, this is, this has been awesome. Really great chat kind of hearing about how you got into it and, and all these interesting strategies and, and uh, the, really the format of selling, which which makes a ton of sense to me. If people do want to uh, learn more or connect with you or follow you, where, where do you recommend they check you out? Yeah, uh, so socialdynamicselling.com. I know we've said that a couple of times. Um, also just my first and last name, rileymeek.com. Um, that's where you can, you know, and either of those sites, you can, you can download that blueprint that I had mentioned. But really, if you're just, if you're like, man, would my product work for this or, even this, if you're like, this sounds cool, but I don't even have a product, schedule a call. I would encourage you guys to schedule a call. And and it, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's somebody on my team, depending upon uh, timing and things like that. I like to do as many of those as possible because I, this is where I geek out. I just love diving into this, the, the, you know, laying out kind of, will this work, but how would this work? And if you don't have a product or service, call me. I got lots of companies that need sales reps. Um, or I've got lots of ideas uh, that could work for you based upon, you know, what your passions and goals are. But if you do have a product or service and you're like, would this work uh, for this? Or can we target this type of person or whatever it is, schedule a call. We're happy to take 30 minutes out of our day and and just walk through that process to see if it makes sense. Because if it doesn't, we'll be the first to tell you when we can, we can suggest or give you connections um, to to where it might make sense. But if it can work using this format, We'd love to, you know, give you some advice. Again, not even that's completely free. Um, if it makes sense to engage with us on a higher level, great. If not, we'll at least give you tips that you can go on your own and, and get it going yourself. Awesome. We'll have links to both of those in the description, uh, whether you're watching or, or listening to this. Riley, thanks again for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, Josh, this has been fun, man. Appreciate you. Hey everyone, Josh here, checking in just one last time. Wanted to say thanks so much for listening to the podcast episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. And if you want to keep getting more of the Solopreneur Grind content, make sure to join the email list. What I do is send three emails a week with 
additional content such as what's going on in the background of my solopreneur journey, insights I'm having on business, and updates when new podcast episodes like these come out as well. It's free. It always will be. The link to join is in the description of whatever podcast platform you're listening this to on. Really hope to have you on the list and continuing to share these awesome solopreneur journeys and insights with you as well. Have a great day and hope to see you soon.